The money is in the follow-up text. She drops it off at the front door, texts him and says like, hey, want to make sure you're going to be home. If you tell me you're not home, I'll have your neighbor grab it for you. She said like a third of the time the neighbor grabs it and then is like, how come my realtor doesn't send me stuff? So we always like to start on the show with like the, your general stats and some information about you so people know why they should listen to you. So just give us a quick um, a quick overview on your numbers for 2022 and where you guys are at for 2023. Yeah. So personally, you know, I was at 18 million last year shooting for 20 million this year as a team. Um, we always shoot to hit in that 100 million mark. And so there's uh, seven of us on the team right now. And um, we're that's kind of what we shoot for is to hit that, you know, hundred million. That's awesome. So personally you did 20, around 20. Yes. I absolutely love that. So obviously Colorado Springs, a little, a little higher than average deal sizes. Cause you guys have great weather a hundred percent of the time. So what's your, what, what's the average price point in your market? Yes. Our average price point is 500,000. Um, okay. and that's just kind of, you know, what it takes to get a single family decent home in this market. Okay. So you the main reason I wanted to chat with you is that I'm fascinated by the fact that you were a powerhouse agent doing good business for years in Missouri mm-hmm. and you moved to Colorado. Like you, you, I don't want to say you left your business, but you walked right. away from an incredibly profitable business yes. and moved to a new area that already had like tens of thousands of real estate agents. Right. So walk me through how long you've been in Missouri, what you'd built, and then why you walked away and what, and like how you rebuilt that. Cause I think so many agents out there think and sales professionals in general, like in any industry, they, they want to move, they want to do these things, but they're like, Oh my gosh, like I built, you know, my $10 million business and I don't want to walk away from it. You are a story of someone who did it, took guts obviously, but you rebuilt it twice. And I think a lot of that shows that if you follow basic systems, procedures, you work hard and people like you, you can do well anywhere, but tell us your story, Blair. Yeah. So got licensed in 2008. That's when I graduated high school. Um, and honestly, I got licensed because I was just like, I need something part-time in college to do. And um, my dad and my oldest brother were in real estate in Missouri and I kind of helped him in the summer. And so I'm like, you know, that sounds like something I would enjoy. So my second brother, uh, Cameron and I went to real estate school that summer after I graduated high school, went on to college, um, in Columbia, Missouri. Who, who got a better score on their test? Um, I actually did pass first. Um, <laughs> we can all record this clip and send it to him. Okay. Keep yeah. going. Sorry. I just had to ask. <laughs> um, so anyways, went to school and I just started reaching out to top agents in Columbia, Missouri. Who can I work for as an assistant part-time, you know, obviously going to school, but being able to hold open houses or help you on the weekends when a lot of agents don't want to work, um, was kind of my selling point with that. And so I just happened to find an agent whose husband was a custom home builder and hooked up with them. And honestly, like they took care of me. They got me into the business. I met tons of people that way and was able to uh, build my brand on top of their brand. So I think that's like the first tangible takeaway for anyone out here listening, right? Like whether you're brand new to real estate or whether you're brand new to the area that you're in, if if you want to be in real estate and you don't know anyone... You can find someone that has what you need, which is business and relationships and right. attach yourself to them. Cause like, even if you didn't make a lot of money, you were still learning the business. You were still learning those skills that you could then use on your own when you eventually got your own clients. And I hear this time and time again from people that we interview on the show. They found the right people to work with 
that could get them busy, teach them, mentor them, connect yeah. them. Yes. They did that for a couple of years. They got really, really good at it. And then they they branched off or found a new opportunity. And right. you that that's exactly what you did. So I love hearing this. So how did you then... You built up your business. How did you then make it to Colorado? Like, why did you leave? Like, what was that whole story? Yeah. So honestly, we just... My husband and I are both from Missouri and we always knew we didn't want to stay there long-term. It's just was not the spot for us. And it's not where we wanted to raise our children. Um, not that we don't love Missouri. It's a great state. We had great childhoods, um, but we knew we wanted to come West. My Is it because the skiing isn't as good in Missouri as it is in Colorado? That is true. I did grow up skiing. Um, and my husband actually had never skied before. So, um, but he wanted to. Um, and so Cameron was, our, my brother was already here in Castle Rock, Colorado, um, had a team and Josh, my husband was able to transfer with his job. And so it just kind of the stars aligned for us in 2020 and we were like, let's do it or we won't, we won't do it. So 2020. So am, am I kind of guessing you moved during a global pandemic? Yes, we sure did. We packed the kids up and my mother as well and, and headed West. So t- let's talk about this. So you moved into a new real estate career in a new city where you only really knew your brother and a couple other people at yeah. a time where people weren't leaving their houses and you couldn't go to parties. How did you grow your business from scratch? Yeah. So again, lucked out. My husband worked for uh, Veterans United Mortgage. And so um, I met with his boss. She knew I was new, new to the market, um, but knew I had done real estate before. And I just said, give me a chance, right? Like send me a buyer and I promise you they will A, be taken care of. I will get them to the closing table and um, was able to build off of it from there. I just earned her trust um, and you know, now we're three years in and I've, I've been able to keep her trust, but also I'm at the point, you know, I always say it takes about three to five years in real estate, right. To get to that repeat and referral business. And so I think if you work and focus super hard for those first three years, you can, you can be there. And Colorado Springs is kind of interesting because we are so military heavy you don't, a lot of our clients buy and then they'll leave three years later. And so honestly, like that's been a big part of my business. They bought in 2021 and I'm already, you know, I had four people this year that bought then and needed to sell this year because they're PCSing to a new, a new base. I love that. And so I think that becomes, that becomes kind of like another thing to remember for, for agents is number one, ask for, ask for some business, right? Like I think a lot of people would have moved you know, even if their spouse was at a mortgage company or at a place like a builder where there was the potential for business, they wouldn't have necessarily gotten ballsy and asked for that business. And you did, right. which is huge. And then you, you actually earned it once you got that first deal. Right. Um, and then the second piece is that, you know, you can choose to focus a portion of your business on people who do tend to move more often. So you have military, you have the right. medical profession. I know like a lot of people focus on like physicians, nurses, traveling nurses, traveling right. veterinarians. I mean, when you, when you start to focus on a specific group that, you know, moves often, you can double, double the pace at which, um, at which your business can grow, which, which I love. But Blair, I know when we chatted earlier, you also do marketing that people hate. Like (laughs) I, I, I almost want to say like in real estate, people are okay with using like some obscenities, but one thing they're not okay with is words like cold calling door knocking, things like that. And you did $20 million in sales and your team does a hundred million. You're still doing these things that people hate. So clearly they're working for you, but like, let's, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, 
And really, we really started to focus on it this year, right? Our market has changed a lot since COVID. We were in 21 and even 22, like the market was hot. It was moving. It was pretty easy for anyone with their real estate license to get a sale because everyone was doing it because rates were so low. And so this year we kind of were like, okay, we have to get back to the basics. And that is cold calling. That is door knocking. That is reaching out to, you know, other lenders, nursing homes, looking at probate options. Like what can we do to get back to the basics to reach more people and um, get it done? And so, you know, when I get a new listing, I, I told you I'm going out today. I'm going to go door knock. I'm going to let all the neighbors know, hey, your neighbor's selling at this price. And part of that, obviously, is to invite them to the open house. But really, I always tell people open houses are a great opportunity to brand yourself. So I hope that when I'm knocking on these doors, they're like, wow, we've never seen an agent in our community doing this. Like, it's rare. Real estate has a lot of contracts. I want this podcast to have a social contract as well. Here's what I need from you. If you're listening to the show and you get something valuable out of it, or you hear something that you think, that's awesome, I want you to send me a DM on Instagram, or if you find my email, send it that way. The more feedback that I get helps me to put together better shows and attract better guests. Well, and here's the thing, right? Like, so when you when you're doing an open house, right? Like, I think people think like, "Ooh, I'll do an open house and I'll do it to meet buyers," and I right. think that is awesome, and that is that's the low hanging fruit, right? right? However, when you do an open house, number one, you're showing your seller or someone seller that you're putting in the work and putting in the effort, right? Because exactly. for years and years and years, right, like 2011 through 2021 and a half or 2022, the real estate market was pretty easy. You took some crappy iPhone photos, you listed the house, it sold with 30 offers above asking price. Every like idiot shared it on social media so that it made it look like we didn't really actually work. Yeah. And, and I think now, we lost now we're in a market. Too, you know? Pardon? I think we lost a lot of respect in our industry. Yes. Like, why, why would we use you when all you're doing is this? Uh, yeah. Like, it, we're not worth 6% to just like take an iPhone photo and list a house, right? Like, that's not really what a good realtor is doing. But when you're doing an open house, you're showing your seller that you're doing something. Like, number one, it's four hours of your time. It's prep time beforehand. It's prep time afterwards. It's it's being thoughtful. But you're turning that extra thing you're doing into an opportunity to meet more people and to like actually get face-to-face with more by going door knocking to the area. So like I think a huge thing for people to remember there is like you're not randomly door knocking a random neighborhood as you're driving by, like, oh, that's expensive. Like, let's go door knock it, right? Yeah, like you exactly. could do that. <laughs> but you're you're being strategic about it. Like at the end of the day, the worst case scenario is that you're advertising and doing more work for your seller, which they can then see. Exactly. And you're letting people know about something specific. You're not door knocking to say like, "Hey, it's me, Blair. Use me as a realtor." Like everyone who has enough money to buy a house like right. knows a realtor somehow. Right. But you're telling them something of value. And you're giving them something away also. Like what, so what do you do to get them to like you? Cause you told me that when we chatted earlier and I kind of, kind of giggled a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I always give them a gift card. So like a Starbucks $5 gift card. Um, and I do that partly because yeah, sometimes people are annoyed, right? Like they're annoyed that we're knocking on their door or they won't answer the door because we all have the ring doorbell now. And it's like, Oh, who's this lady with the bag in her hand trying to pass something or sell something. And so it's like, Hey, you know, there might be a lot of traffic on the road. This house is on a cul-de-sac. There's not a ton of parking. If your driveway is blocked, if you notice anything suspicious, let me know. And, you know, thank you for your time. Here's a gift card. Go enjoy a coffee. I love that. I mean, you would probably get my wife's business just by giving her the <laughs> gift card. Although I think like 
per drink is more than $5. So we might need to like, I need to up that to seven. I don't even like coffee. Like that's the most comical thing of all, but I figure most people do. (laughs) That's awesome. But again, it's like you're, you're putting in the effort and I think you're doing it in a fun way. It's a little like you've taken a normal thing, like an open house and a normal thing like door knocking and you've added your spin on it. So for anyone listening out there, like what are those annoying things that your broker told you to do when you first started that you never did? And how could you do it in a way that's more your style that people like you would enjoy or at least not be annoyed with? And I think that's really, really one of the keys. So that's what you're doing. You mentioned the probate thing. So explain to people, for anyone out there that's like a new realtor or that like hasn't dealt with this before, what is probate and how are you using it to get to get business? Yeah. So probate is kind of something we've really been focusing on the past few years um, because we just noticed a need for it in our markets. And uh, probate is when a homeowner passes away and their house needs to be sold. And um, a lot of times we have found that the family members of the homeowner are not here. And so, you know, if you're States away and you're trying to sell your mother's home or your father's home and you don't know anyone, you don't have any resources, we are trying to be a one-stop shop essentially. And so it's, we will take care of emptying the house out, whether that's an estate sale, whether that's us hiring junk callers, doing a garage, you know, whatever it looks like, whatever the family wants, we'll take care of getting the house emptied. If it needs any repairs done or remodeling, I mean, we just um, did one where we had our contractor come in and completely finish the basement. And so we monitored that and, you know, sent updated photos and whatnot. And then um, we list the house. And so if you're signing, you know, and a listing agreement with us, we're taking care of everything so that you guys don't even have to worry about it until closing. How are how are you getting these leads in the first place? Connecting with attorneys that... Um, okay yeah, are familiar with, um, estates. And so we've connected with a few attorneys that way and been able to be introduced that way. So you're kind of like, you're using the internet to, to find lists of like estate planning attorneys, you know, there's divorce attorneys, there's a ton of other types of attorneys that that work in, in areas where people have to sell their houses. And then is it like a call to these estate planning attorneys to like set up a meeting and explain what you do? Absolutely. Yep. We have a whole packet that we give them that they can pass out to clients if people reach out. And then we also have like an email version of that packet. Right. Um, so that's one way. And also even just the people that do estate sales have been a great resource and we'll go to them and be like, look, we will use you guys, utilize your services. Um, if you can refer us the clients that come to you that maybe need help with that process. I love that. One, I think here, here's the thing. Like so many realtors have told me like, Oh, I prospect divorce attorneys and estate planning attorneys. Like that's that idea is not new, mm-hmm. but you guys actually came up with a pitch that's in writing that explains your value, that explains what you do, that makes it a little bit more tangible. And I think so, and I know Megan, when we talked last week, she has a very specific pitch for builders yeah. and it's that pitch that, that has all of the value you're, you're putting together something, you're making it official, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, if you're a realtor listening, think of like, who are these business professionals that you're targeting? And what are you actually giving them other than just like a cold call that says like, Hey, like if you ever, if you ever happen to need a realtor, like use me, that sucks. You've got to get something in front of them, you know, and I, and not just one time it's multiple. Hey, can we meet? Hey, do you mind if I stop by? Hey, can we chat about this? Hey, can you meet? You know what I mean? Like, it's not one phone call. You've got to get stuff in front of them and you've got to follow up with them, right? Every single month, it's a phone call of, Hey, you know, how's business going? Checking in anything for me. 
you know. So you briefly mentioned like divorce attorneys. I know we could, we could cut that out, but I think there's something to talk about there. So, you know, you, you target estate planning attorneys for probate. What are you doing with the divorce attorneys? Yeah. So, I mean, same thing. Like we've just connected with them um, and try to be a resource to them. And I think, you know, if you've worked with clients who are going through that process, it's hard. And typically, you know, you have one side that has reached out to you wanting to utilize your services Mm -hmm. and you're trying to work with the other side um, to come to the same agreement. And so it takes a lot of um, it takes a lot of conversations to make that happen. Um, And so, yeah, we've started dipping our toes into that, but that's a hard process. And um, I think it takes a lot of patience and communication to get both sides on the same track. I love that. So once you, you know, you can get clients through open houses, through the probate process, et cetera, how are you retaining past clients afterwards? We talk a lot on this show about working your own database, not being transactional. Like what are you, I'm assuming based on our quick phone call today Mm -hmm. that you're doing a lot with these people, but like, what what does that look like? What is your proven process like for the people that you have relationships with? Yeah. So I'm, um, I love on my clients big because not only do I appreciate the business that I've done with them, but obviously you want to try to build referrals from them. And you want when people, you know, people are always talking about real estate, like, um, and so you want to be that person, um, that they think of when you're, they're having that mm-hmm. conversation with friends and with family. And so um, I do quarterly drops. And whether that is me actually stopping by the house and dropping them a gift or mailing them something, and it's a simple text of, hey, you've got something fun coming in your mail, or hey, I've left something super fun on your doorstep, you know. And so I've tried to actually get a little different because it's super easy, right, to do Christmas or Thanksgiving or those big holidays. So like this year, it is. But it might get lost in the shuffle, right? Like everyone's doing, getting presents at those times. yeah, Yeah, yeah. So at that point, it's not even like a big deal. Um, but I have started doing like Cinco de Mayo, like that's super fun. And people like to go out and have tacos those days. And so like this year I did a Cinco de Mayo gift card. Um, and that one got a lot of traction. Neighborhood Realtor Podcast is proudly made possible by the support of our sponsors, Treadstone Funding and Neighborhood Loans, two amazing Midwest mortgage companies that now have offices all around the country. If you're a real estate agent looking to partner with an amazing lender, DM me at mattmuskie88 and I'll connect you with someone in your market. If you're a lender and you want to join the right mortgage company, DM me and I'll connect you as well. So it's really interesting. I mean, you mentioned, you know, marketing, like doing your drop-offs and doing some of that marketing around like the secondary and third holidays. And I think that's so huge because most realtors, when I'm like, Hey, like, what did you do? And they're like, well, I sent someone a Facebook message on their birthday. Right. I'm like, wow. The one day of the year where 194 other people also sent them a message, probably nine realtors and it got lost in the shuffle. Like I'd rather send them something two weeks before, two weeks after and be a little bit more memorable, but like come up with something different. Now, when you're doing these drop-offs, are you doing like all clients like at the same time or are you doing them like like 50 clients a week. Like how do you, how do you make that work? Yep. I, I do them all. And honestly, my mom helps me and, um, we just, I map it all out, um, usually over like four days and just hit the road and listen to music and, and drop it. And if they're home, great. I love when they're home, they're not always home. And, and so then again, I do the follow-up text of, Hey, make sure you check your front door. The money is in the follow-up text because what I've noticed, and I talked to a realtor in Texas who does these religiously and she drops it off at their front door, texts them and says like, hey, want to make sure you're going to be home in the next day. I dropped off something. It's partly perishable. 
Yes. If you tell me you're not home, I'll put it on your neighbor's, have your neighbor grab it for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And then she said like a third of the time the neighbor grabs it. And then it's like, how come my realtor doesn't send me stuff? Yeah. And okay. like all of a sudden you've picked up a new client. No, it's like, so funny. I, uh, my mom actually has a friend on Facebook who was like, why does my realtor keep leaving gifts at my door? <laughs> and my mom's like, cause she's doing her job. <laughs> They're trying to get your business and repeat business. And so we, you know, you have to stay top of mind. You just do because you're right. Everyone who has money to buy a house probably knows multiple realtors. They or just- I'm just going to guess here. Anyone who has the money to afford a house probably knows how to Google the word realtor in XYZ city. Yes. Right. Like these people are intelligent and I, it's always fascinating to me. Like I, my wife goes to like a store in town, a local great store. They serve us drinks when we shop and, and she buys a pair of jeans for, I don't know, 150 bucks. Like I'm, I'm going to make up a number here. And she gets like a personal handwritten note from the sales associate oh, wow. and a phone call a week later to see like, Hey, how'd they work out? Yeah. And this is for someone probably making like no more than a 20% commission on right? a $150 pair of jeans, like $35. Yeah. Yet real estate agents who could make 3% on a $500,000 sale, which I'm not great at math, but I think it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> they're not doing the same level of follow-up. Right. And it's shocking to me. Like, if I'm in sales, any person that I meet throughout the week needs to get a follow-up from me where I tell them how interesting I think they are, where I tell them how great they are. And hopefully they then ask to meet with me again. Yeah. But like most of us just don't do that. Like most of us send like a handwritten note, like after closing, like yeah. the weakest time to do it. Like, yeah. Like how can we, how can we make people feel special throughout the process or before they become a client? to get them to become a client. And I think if you can figure that out in sales, like that's where the money's at. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And you know, my last drop I did, which was the summer, um, I actually dropped it and the client's like, Hey, can you hold on five minutes? I'm on my way home and I want to talk to you. Well, he needed to sell his house. And so who knows, you know, I assume he would have called me regardless, but because I had gone and dropped and sent him the follow-up text, he was like, I actually need to sell my house. I'm glad you stopped by. And so, you know, that right there, that sell alone makes up the marketing money I need for these drops for the rest. You know what I mean? The year. It only takes one. Yeah. It's so important. Um, And I think something that people forget all the time is like my number one pet peeve since I've been in this business is that when you ask a top producing salesperson, Hey, where do you get your business from? They give you like BS answers. Like my sphere of influence or like, right. I just know everyone. And I'm like, well, that's not useful. Like I'm, I'm a new person trying to like figure this out Right. or I was. And I think it's really important. Like what you just said, like you might've gotten that guy calling you anyways, a month later, mm-hmm. but it's important to track the most recent thing touch point you had with a client that triggered that phone call. Because if you can, if you can look at that and say every single time I do a drop off, I get five good conversations in one deal. That's, that's what led to that past client calling you back. You did something, you either Facebook messaged them, you had a meeting, you did something like I have realtors who the only thing they measure in their business is how many sit down coffee, lunch, and happy hour meetings they have a week. If they have 15 a week, they know they will get three sales a month. And it's just, it's just the immutable laws of the universe. Um, You just have to figure out what your thing is that gets your spirit to call you. And I love that you figured that out. Well, and I think it's important. Hustle appreciates hustle. So like my preferred inspector, and this is like one of my favorite stories. I was using an inspector who I liked. I didn't have any issues with him. Um, But this guy kept coming to our office. Hey, 
looking for business. What can I do? You know, I mean, almost every single week he'd bring and drop something to us, donuts, lunch, like, you know, and just kept at it. Finally, we were like, okay, let's give him a chance. Like this guy is hustling for business. And I quickly flipped to him. There's things he does that my other inspector was not doing. And I didn't even realize that I was missing out or that my clients were missing out. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I've been with him for two years now and it has, I'm always like, gosh, you like you hustled for my business and you earned it. And I like, I appreciate that. I can see that you did that. I love that. That's a great quote. I feel like you should get that printed on t-shirts like hustle appreciates hustle. Yes. Yes. So if someone wanted to learn more about your business or had any questions on the things you just talked about, like how would they get a hold of you? Call me. I'm a phone. Call I'm, you. Yeah, I'm a phone talker. Call me. I mean, and you know, since we switched over to EXP, like that model, we're all we're very open. And I know you interviewed Megan last week. Like we share our playbooks. And I'm like, Megan, what can like what can I do in my business to do this? Because she's really good at this. And vice versa. She called me last week and we had a 30-minute conversation on something that she was going through in her business. And I'm like, okay, let's figure it out. But I would tell any new agent, like find someone in your industry that you can just call and talk to and ask questions because you aren't going to learn. But I would honestly, if I was giving any agent new advice join a team or find a very, very good mentor. Not the mentor that most brokerages offer, right? Because all of them offer that mentor. Like the team leader that like failed out of sales and yeah. yeah. They're not in it. You have got to find someone, even if it's not within your brokerage, that can help you. Um, and I think joining a team is a really great way to do that. But if you're just not interested in that, you've got to find someone that can answer that. Surround yourself with people who are where you want to be. Exactly. Yep. And so yeah, I, love that. Call me. I mean, I'm, I'm big on the phone and have no problem talking to anyone or passing along any of my stuff, you know? Sure. Well, I'll be emailing you for some information on your probate program because I was fascinated by that. And I thought that was a really unique and novel idea. So thank you for sharing that with everybody. Um, Everyone listening, to get great guests like this, I need reviews. Leave a review on the podcast store. It helps me get great realtors that you can get information off of. This business is all referral-based. If you're listening and you know someone that I need to talk to, send them my way. I appreciate it. But most importantly, take one thing Blair said. You might not be into door knocking. You might not be into open houses. But take one thing she said and execute it tomorrow. Put it in your calendar as a time-blocked activity or share it with a new agent at your office that might need it if they tell you that they're looking for business. Blair, thank you so much for sharing your brain with us today. I appreciate you. Thank you.